Hey everybody, welcome back to the Extra Podcast. This is episode number 279. And my name is Paul Siemens, one of the pastors here at Northview. I'm glad to be here today along with Greg Harris. Hello. Hey Greg. And Andy Steiger. Present. And Pastor Jeff Buckman. How are you, Paul? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you? Eh. Yeah. So-so. Yeah. It's been a hard week in the life of uh, our it, city. It, yeah, it sure has. Um. As everybody knows who's uh, listening to this, Shirley, if you if you live in this area, there's been a, uh, I mean, just an absolute shocking tragedy that happened here in Abbotsford last week with the the stabbings at Abbotsford Senior High School and the death of Letitia Reimer. Uh, so uh, obviously, there's a lot of questions that people have when this kind of thing comes up. When when we experience this, um, you know, a lot of people. One of the first things I heard, guys, was. Um, this kind of thing doesn't happen in Canada. <laughs> this happens in the States, right? Like this is, these are things we hear about um, in Colorado and New York, and this doesn't come to BC. So um, we actually had a, a, a person send in some, uh, a couple of questions in, into us about this, wondering about God's goodness hmm. amidst the, this kind of reality that we deal with. Can I just su- suggest, uh, I, I feel like there's a, there's like 10 or 15 things that I want to say theologically about this uh, that I, I, I want to just start off. So I'm going to start and then you guys jump into other things that you should say. No, number one, this was wicked. Um, I know that the temptation among Christians is to recognize that God uses all things together for good, especially for those who love him or and and are called according to his purpose, Romans eight twenty eight. I know this is a, a text. I believe it wholeheartedly. I think that's another thing we can say about this. It's not the first thing we say about it. Right. The first thing we say about this is it's wicked. There mm. tends to, there, the, the temptation that we all have is to look for the silver lining in God's providence. Yeah. And I I don't want to rush there because both the wickedness of the act and the providence of God over that wickedness those are both true. Mm-hmm. So I I want to I want to say that that this 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 guy who did this acted wickedly uh, that judgment is good upon him yes both both here and if he if he does not repent then the wicked God will call it wicked and he will hold him to account so I want I want to say that I I want to follow it by saying yeah um, God is good. All the time, even in moments like this, and it takes a long view of these matters in order to understand that. Um, in the middle of it, it's next to impossible to see that. And I, I appeal to the psalmist to for for support in that. Don't you? I mean, you think about the psalmist and the way that they talk. There are moments so the psalms are just like this is awful, like this is horrible. Where are you, God? Why have you left us alone? And they were dealing with issues, you know, like the, the destruction of their people and the murder of, of, you know, thousands of people and this kind of wickedness. And they were trying to understand theologically how it is that God could, God who had a covenant with them in many cases, or does have a covenant with them, but in many cases he let the people uh, suffer under the hands of the Babylonians or the Assyrians or others. And they, the Babylon, you know, and, and the, <clears throat> those foreign armies would come in and destroy them. And so these people who were called by God's name and, 
had his covenant and they were his treasured possession. We're trying to make sense of, okay, how, how am I your treasured possession? How are we your treasured possession? And yet you have made it so that we are, we are being destroyed. This, that doesn't make any sense. So you can understand like in the existential moment in that second, how difficult that was for them to make any sense of. So I don't I want to say both of those. I want, I want to affirm God's goodness and that he includes in his good providence for the sake of his people, uh, even wicked acts of wicked men mm. who see, who seemingly do outrageous things. Mm. And, and yeah. And it's because of God's goodness that we can condemn those wicked, that those actions as wicked. Right. With that. Well, without him being good, without that mm. standard, we can't say that this is wicked. This is the challenge. It was funny. The, the news media and stuff that from a naturalist kind of worldview will come and they'll ask the questions of why. And behind that is why God and you Christians, you know, you're God. And, and I want to respond actually quite forcefully and say, you, your worldview has no answers here. Mm. Stop accusing Christians who believe in a God who might have reasons for allowing something like this that he's not told you about. But in the long run, his wisdom will be proved good and true. Stop accusing Christians who believe that mm. of having some dumb belief when you don't believe in the, even the, the idea mm. of wickedness. Mm. You, you have no claim on it. All you have is some cultural notion that we've come up with. And if, but if in 20 years we decide that stabbing is okay, we, I guess we'll all have to go with it, right? Mm. So, I, I, again, the Christian worldview is the place to go. On a moment like this. And instead of fleeing from God and saying, God, you don't exist, or God, you're awful or evil, it's, it's as the psalmist goes before God and just cries out his heart. And that's the beauty of, you know, in Christianity, that it's a relational God that we serve and love and that we are in community, in relationship with as we pour out our heart and share our frustration of an evil and broken world. Right. I also think it's it's helpful to remember the... I love the first few chapters of Job when his friends are actually good mm. and helpful. When they just sit with Job and they, they, they're hesitant to give answers. I think that there are good answers to give and there are seasons and times where, where we need to prepare to give that answer. Mm. But sometimes we're tempted to give that answer so quickly in an attempt to make ourselves feel better or to work it out in our own head. Whereas the, the reality of our situation is that there are dozens and hundreds of, of people right thick in the midst of shock and grief and not actually knowing what to do. And the, I think the first answer for a Christian is, is the answer of a closed mouth and a, a present person sitting with them in the midst of it and just agreeing with them that, that life is hard and this is not how it should be. And this was horrific. And, and grief isn't, isn't anti-Christian. Sorrow and lamenting over <clears throat> wickedness isn't a lack of faith in God's goodness. He's, he's big enough to take our, our frustrations and our anger at the presence of wickedness. He's not going to cut us well, off think, uh, he from has, salvation. He has that frustration. God does. We share, we share in the frustration of God mm. and mm. the anger of God. Mm. When, when we decry it. I, I do think that there are two levels of this. This mm-hmm. One is the personal level, the level of the families who are affected by it, the community that's affected by it, who's actually, you know, personally grieving. And then there's mm-hmm. the second level, which is the, I, I, maybe I'll call it the apologetic level, mm-hmm. which is, okay, 
this arises in us, all sorts of questions about who God is, what he's like, whether he exists, this sort of thing. Um, and those theological, that theological level just needs to be, at mm-hmm. least in the discussions that we're having, separated a little bit from the, from the personal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- there are places, especially in a podcast like this, we're going to talk more about the theological apologetic level. Mm-hmm. Um, but our hope is that the, that the personal level, that there are people who are sitting by them and aren't quick to trying to answer every mm-hmm. question all the time. Sometimes the questions are there. I mean, they are, mm-hmm. they're, gen- they're genuinely there. Mm. And the answer, even good, grounded, theological, true answers don't erase the existential crisis. Don't, right. don't, don't erase the heartache. And we can't, I don't think it's fair to look at the answers to erase the heartache. We, we have to recognize that just because we have a good answer that that's true doesn't mean now the emotion's gone. Yeah. Right. Paul, it's interesting that you brought that uh, a very beginning, what was it that you said that, that, um, I, I'm sorry, I'm struggling to remember exactly what you said no. at the beginning. Maybe there's a dead end. How, how does the, the reality of evil and God's goodness interact? Is that what you're thinking about? Uh, no, it was about how some people were, were. Oh, were, oh yes. Yeah. So people were saying that, um, they're surprised that this happened here mm-hmm. in Abbotsford See, I in think, Canada. I think that this reveals a weakness yeah. in perhaps Canadian, uh, mm-hmm. the Canadian mentality and and that is that there there is it okay okay I'm American saying half Canadian saying this right mm-hmm. mom's Canadian so mm-hmm. I guess I have, I mean I'm Canadian and I I'm going to say that one of the things I have noticed about here is that there there is a looking down one's nose at the moral depravity of America mm-hmm. from here Very true. and there tends to be a well we're more civilized type of people and mm-hmm. it's interesting that somebody would would make that statement because I th- I think we all need to come to realize that within the hearts of people, mm. there exists the propensity to kill. Mm. Now, we are, we are restrained. So I'm talking theologically now. We are restrained by so many factors in our society. And by that, I mean, we have our own uh, personal restraints in the sense that we, we want the people around us to value us. We've been maybe brought up in a family that has some, some uh, that's healthy and that has given us some sort of moral compass or at least affirmed this moral compass. We have the law and our fear of going to jail. We have uh, just a myriad of just societal reasons why it is that we wouldn't go and kill somebody else. But when Jesus comes in, he says, you know, if you have anger in your heart toward your brother, mm. what he's appealing to there is, look, if all of those restra- societal restraints were removed and all of those influences were taken away, the truth is, if you could get away with it and that and it could achieve your purposes inside of you is the is the potentiality Be- mm-hmm. because you're because you're a sinner mm-hmm. inside of you is this desire to get your way and to manipulate mm-hmm. the circumstances. And if you're not restrained, you you would kill mm-hmm. in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's wicked. OK. And I I. I listen, there's all sorts of caveats I want to make there and nuances and stuff. Not everybody is going to be somebody who's going to walk in and do this. This is wicked. It's, it's ridiculous. It's awful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying that within the hearts of people, Canadians, Americans, everyone, everywhere, mm-hmm. th- there exists this, this drive, this thing mm-hmm. 
And that actually what we should be pointing to and crying out against is sin in our members, to use the language that Paul has in Romans 7. We should be crying out against this. Isn't that the challenge, though, is we we don't see the the evil, the sin in people's lives. And in fact, we have this idea that people are basically good. Yep. And I think it's perpetuated, particularly here in Canada and, and elsewhere, where we live in relative safety, right? And we and we've have enough historical distance right. from those horrible events of the past, right, to start to think highly mm-hmm. upon yourself again. Mm-hmm. And then something like this happens and you're like, what? You know, and you're, and you're, you're confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy when it happens in suburbia. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is what, what this is. Mm-hmm. And when, it's a suburban crime at this point. And that's what, it shocks suburban people because the suburbs exist to, we're here. to preserve us from this very thing. Yeah. Right, I don't live in the Lower East Side mm. of, of Vancouver for this very reason, because people get stabbed there. And I don't, my kids might go to school and get hurt there. And so we have, in many cases, unwittingly and unintentionally, I mean, but, but we bought into the cultural value that, look, I want to move out of the city into a place where I can have a yard and a fence, where I can drive my car into a, a open an electronic door and shut it behind me, have locks on my doors, and for the most part have neighbors who I all know, who often look like me, and act like me, and go to church like me. It's all very controlled. Suburbia is a controlled environment, and then and then something like this happens, and it, it's a bigger shock here than it is in those other places because everything around us has been is built. Suburbia is built to, in a, in, in, to, to convince you that maybe utopia is real, that maybe by maybe we can get there mm. if we just organize things right. Do you know what's interesting? Something I've been thinking about when I was in England and just seeing all the castles, seeing the moats and the walls, you're reminded that it wasn't very long ago that you, you didn't live in suburbs. You know, you lived actually behind walls and you lived behind gates and you did different, you know, you had to make sure that you were protecting yourself uh, because there was a, you know, you you understood that people were wicked and that people would act out on their wickedness. And so there was, you know, there's this need, you know, to separate yourself from people. And I'm glad that we don't have, you know, walls and I don't have to live in a castle and I don't have to make a moat or whatnot. But it's easy then to forget yeah. just how broken the world is. Well, to everything that's my point, is everything around us in the suburbs is trying to convince us that we're not actually as depraved as we are. We've organized the depravity out of us, hmm. right? We, hmm. we, we've created structures and systems and eliminated the bad parts, and, 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 at least in our minds. Th- those, are th- those are urban things. Hmm. The suburbs are different, right? Hmm. You get this, actually, I've lived in small towns. You get this in small towns. That's why in small town America, for example, if some crime like this happens, it's absolutely shocking hmm. on a level that people like people don't know. If something like this happens in Linden. It's, it's crazy. And there have been murders that have happened in Linden, Washington, just across the border. Mm-hmm. And it has shocked the entire community on levels that they don't know what to do with. And that, I, I'm saying all of that because I think that we we need to recognize that we, we live in a fallen world and there's no, Andy was talking about technology this morning and some of the, some of the, the ways that we in the modern world are using technology to try to bring about some kind of utopia by the, you know, the implementation of, of, uh, uh, yeah, technological advancements and things like that to try to bring about eternal kind of life for us. 
And I'm saying that that will never work. It mm-hmm. won't work because none of it deals with the real issue, which is sin in, sin in us. And we will always use our technology. We'll use knives and guns and that sort of thing for our own purposes. And our purposes often are our own advantage or revenge or all sorts of things that you can't utopianize. It's not a word. You can't <laughs> suburbanize out of us. It's interesting. Plato thought in his Republic, if we could just get people smart enough, if we could just have enough philosophers, you know, then we could, you know, usher in, you know, which is, it was an education prod, pro, you know, problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it seems like it's just a technology problem, right? You know, right. we're always, you know, right. trying to push us off. I think it is important though to mention here at Northview uh, on Sunday, we, we prayed uh, for um, these families, uh, prayed for South Abbotsford Church where Mm-hmm. I believe some of them uh, attend. Mm-hmm. Prayed for the students that are heading back to school uh, that are dealing with this. I think this is one of the things that you know. This is one of the things I love about Christianity is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, yeah. and we want to lift each other up. And that as a pastoral staff today, we prayed for uh, the students at South Abbotsford. We prayed for uh, these families that were involved for the the Reimer family mm-hmm. uh, in particular, uh, and this girl who I believe is still in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know our prayers are with them, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I, and it's neat to hear about how the church is rallying behind these families, mm-hmm. uh, and is is being light in this darkness. Oh, it's yeah, it's 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 actually wonderful. I'll even go one step further, which again has all sorts of theological import for me. I think it's really cool when you see. So on the one hand, I'm like we're talking about the depravity in the people, right? There's mm-hmm. this inside of us, this thing. This, this impulse to kill and to destroy and to want our own thing. And yet around us also, you see this, uh, this, this overwhelming sense of goodwill mm-hmm. by Christian and unbe- believer and unbeliever alike. Mm. You know, people baking cookies for people at, at uh, Abbey Senior, people giving money to GoFundMe accounts, go, people, people uh, you know, sacrificing themselves because they want to help mm. from Christians and non. And this mm. is such a great example of the weirdness mixed up nature of humanity mm. in that we are image bearers of God right. mm-hmm. and yet, and yet totally, totally warped and mm. capable of the worst things. Right. We're like funhouse mirrors, right? Isn't that kind of the, yep. the, the image or broken mirrors, like mirrors that are full, full of cracks and, and broken. And you look and you see some semblance of the image of God, but there's also this complete, brokenness um, that mm. sin has caused. Mm. And we can get to the point where we emphasize, overemphasize one to the ex- at the expense of the other. Mm. And, and that's a danger, that there's this mm-hmm. tension that exists in people, that we want to affirm the goodness that you see when communities respond, mm. but also recognize our, our sin inside of us is this, the sin inside of me is the same as the sin inside of the guy who did this. Mm-hmm. Mm. That doesn't excuse him, right? It's as wicked in me as it is in him. Mm. He acted out on it, which is even more wicked. Mm. So, yeah, as Christians, we're in this weird, tense place because we recognize ourselves in in the killer. Mm. We recognize ourselves in the the victim, and and we want to. We have what's beauty. The beauty of the Christian worldview is it has theological categories for all of these things. True biblical categories to describe Mm. the world in which we inhabit right now, which is kind of my approach to answering this question Mm. as a whole, Mm -hmm. that you don't, you don't want to run away from, from Mm. the Christian doctrine here. You you want to embrace it at every turn because 
if you really understand the way the Bible talks, it's giving you all sorts of therapeutic help in moments like this. The the other thing that I I found um, moving this weekend, I was in the Saturday night service and Darcy was praying about the situation and and he prayed for for the the gentleman who committed the crime. Mm. And he he prayed for repentance and for transformation Mm -hmm. and it, I was just hit anew with God's grace hmm. that that none of us deserve it. That guy doesn't deserve it. He deserves justice, and yet God, we pray in His mercy, will will open this man's heart hmm. so he can receive forgiveness and grace. Yeah. When Darcy yeah. prayed that, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Right. Who who ba- who basically he wasn't the one who was was driving the knife necessary. He was providing the stones. Yeah. Right. And he was holding the coats. And he was he was holding the the when Stephen got yeah murdered and mm-hmm. he was he was uh, carrying the orders yes when when this yeah. happened so what you have in the Apostle Paul is a man who fits the description of wicked mm-hmm. a wicked and yet we we see him as a hero right <laughs> yeah and so and so yeah. yeah the grace of God extends to to even those. Mm-hmm. And the cha- the challenge for those of us who've grown up in the church or who've been have the have been the beneficiaries mm-hmm. of a really good upbringing, Christianized upbringing, whether we were in the church or in, in societies that were heavily influenced by the Christian worldview is that we don't sometimes see ourselves mm-hmm. in in this and yet we should see ourselves in, in this mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as what you know, we we are broken image bearers. Yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. um just thinking about how the community could respond to the to the the killer and the killer's family. I, I don't. It sounds like his family's not from around here, or whatever. But I, it reminds me of the the murder that was um, that gentleman went into, uh, uh, or that man went into a school, an Amish school. Yeah. It was about a decade ago, probably now. No, not not even that. No, it wasn't that long like five ago. Years, maybe, okay, yeah. and he he killed all those kids and a teacher, I think, mm-hmm. and then killed himself, and. Uh, and all the reports out of that um, were just were awful and everything. But then the media kind of kind of left it. And when we we went through the Amish country, um, my, I, have a, I have a cousin who lives out there, and we went, and he gave us kind of a tour around. And he talked about that, and he talked about how the community there, the Amish community, um, just offered forgiveness to that family. And actually, this man, he had a wife and kids. Yeah who weren't able to care for themselves anymore. Now they weren't able to pay a mortgage. They weren't able to buy their groceries or anything. And the Amish community came around and started paying her mortgage and started buying her groceries. And this woman was just, was just couldn't believe the kindness that she was receiving yeah. from these people who were professing faith which, which in Christ. Which is a great story. So, and, and, and yet there's, I yeah. mean, in, the, in this moment, I, I just I keep wanting to reaffirm the very thing I said at the beginning. Yeah. It's wicked. He was wicked. Oh and, yeah, and, and so I th- there's this again there's this tension that we're holding together yep. by saying, mm. yeah, mm. we we are trying to care for the wicked and the innocent mm. in this continu- in this situation and it's a very it's been a very sad week with lots of people who are friends who've been first responders and others fall, you know we've I've talked to I don't know how many different people who've mm-hmm. been had different kind of views on on the event itself. And so we continue to pray and you, I'm sure you you are listening or continue to join us. It's an, in prayer for not just the school, especially South Abbotsford church is there, mm-hmm. is there shepherding their people through this and the people who knew his family and uh, youth groups and that. And so if you, 
you know, it would it would be great if maybe you put a dot on your watch. Do we use watches anymore? I don't know. If you put something somewhere, just remind yourself to pray for these folks uh, mm-hmm. continually. And because you know what happens in, in the news cycle is this is the hot subject for now. Yeah. But then the difficult work is that it sort of passes over. <laughs> And then right. we sort of we move on to the next hot thing, which is probably the election in the right. states, yeah. which is happening today. Yeah. And I'm going to win. Mm. <laughs> I voted for Jeff, the right by the way. Yeah. A lot of people giving write-ins for Dr. JB. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, yes, de- definitely uh, keep praying for those uh, in our town, those at Abbey, and especially for the families and for South Abbotsford Church. Uh, Okay, I think probably transition to another yeah. question. As awkward as it might be, it's difficult to transition yeah. from that subject yeah. at all. But yeah. Uh, so our culture, um, I mean, seeing this kind of a thing, you know, we've got, we actually have like what a lot of guys have called the culture of death um, because of the way our culture um, has, I mean, just rampant like abortion, um, the euthanasia issue coming up or assisted suicide. Um and the obsession with things such as zombies. So it's it's an interesting thing how we have this culture that just totally obsesses over death, and yet when we get to hard times like this, they kind of also want to kind of gloss over it too. They don't really want to talk about the hard things. Well, I mean, and we just had Halloween too, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, um, Andy, you've talked a lot about zombie culture and how we have this culture. I guess that's kind of your name for the culture of death, right? Yeah, the zombie culture. Did you patent that? I did that. Uh, that name. I'm sure somebody is else there a has used R it too. With a circle beside it. Yeah. Registered <laughs> trademark. Andy Steiger. I did come up with zombie culture, though. Actually, a friend of mine and I talked had in, in a conversation came up with it. Anyway, what was, was the question? Friend, so it was actually it was his so, friend's idea. It was actually his idea, but you decided to take in. But you're in a mic right now. Yeah, that's. <laughs> and you're gonna write a book about it. <laughs> so somebody recently watched your teachings on zombie culture. Apparently, you have a four-part series on this. Uh, we did it with our young adults a couple uh, last year okay. or two years ago. Is this online somewhere that people can I get guess it? So. Or? Yeah. Google. Okay. Anyway, somebody somebody YouTube, watched it's on it. Google. Yeah. And, I think uh, everything's on Google. <laughs> and one of our listeners watched it, and she sent in uh, a question. She's wondering. Here it is. Um, as a Christian, do you think it's wrong for us to dress up like zombies? Is it wrong for us to watch things like The Walking Dead? Um, since you shared with such passion on how our zombie culture is opposed to who God is and what he values for us, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm thinking, too, that the person uh, wrote that in because I went to a zombie walk. Is that true? Did that you go to- isn't uh, referenced Oh, that's not referenced here? in there? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. You went to a zombie walk. I did. I went to the Vancouver uh, 10th Annual Zombie Walk, uh, and it was very- 10th Annual? Yeah, so that was, and that was a- a couple of years ago, so I think we're into their twelfth or thirteenth now. Uh, that was very interesting. Uh, I went down there with instead of a subway shirt that says "Subway Eat Fresh," it said "Zombies Eat Flesh." Uh, I went down there with that shirt on with my intern, and we ran from zombies. It's like a Christian shirt. Yeah, that's what Christians have done for years. Bud wise up. <laughs> And we interviewed zombie walkers uh, to ask them why they did it and what they were thinking. Was their response mostly, uh, brain? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then I asked this one zombie of zombies poop, and uh, he started busting up laughing. Uh, oh, so you broke character so for I, him. I did. I yeah. did. I knew how Good. to do it. That's Good. how you do it. Uh, at any rate, is it wrong for a Christian to dress up as a zombie? 
Uh, one thing that always goes through my mind, and this is actually something that we talk a lot about here at Northview, is one thing is is not to take yourself too seriously. Because uh, sometimes I think that, you know, you know, you could ask the question, I mean, should you be able to dress up as anything, you know? Should you dress up, you know, should your daughter dress up as a princess? Should your son dress up as a pirate or, you know, whatever that might be? Yeah. You're not celebrating piracy when your kid, your son dress up like a pirate, I don't think. I, I don't know if people are that, celebrating zomb- zombiness and saying, this is a great thing. I hope that I come back as the, the living dead. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. Because, I mean, I mean, if we think about it, I mean, I watch pirate movies and my kids dress up as pirates. But pirates are truly terrible people, if you the think worst. about it. Yeah. The worst yeah. kinds of people. Yeah, they were, they're awful. But you're right. I, I agree Especially with you. I don't Jake think that we're celebrating zombies pirates. in that. Now, worst. some people, though, when they dress up as zombies, I think that they are celebrating zombies. And some of these zombies <sighs> things are truly, are truly grotesque, yeah. right? Uh, with flesh hanging off and, and all the rest. Uh, but then there's others that are like, if you ever watched the very first zombie movie, it's called white zombie. I mean, these zombies, just the first zombie movie. Yeah. You just threw that out. Like everybody ever. knew it. Okay. It's called white zombie. First. When, movie. when, when did it come out? Uh, it came out in 1935, I believe. Wow. That would have freaked people out. It did. But the, all they were is these bug eyed people that looked really goofy. And now you mm. would have no trouble dressing up as one of those zombies. But today's Walking Dead zombies are pretty are pretty scary looking looking uh, beasts. So uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out. No, I would love to hear what What's you guys have answer? to say. This answer my is... answer is this. I think that as a Christian, you can figure that one out for yourself. What is yeah. an appropriate line? It's a Christian freedom issue for you. It is the zombie dressing. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But what was the other so what question? About, uh, can you watch things like The Walking Dead? So. Now, yeah, I think you'd probably say the same thing. This is a, still a Christian freedom issue. It is, but then we get to we can get to the idea of things are if it's permissible, is it actually beneficial? Yeah. Now, here's what I, I is it wise? Is it those wise? are the questions that you'd want to ask. But yeah. again, those are questions that th- that's the answer to that question is going to be one that's going to be answered right. by the person before yeah. God, not so mm-hmm. much for mm-hmm. me me saying, well, I don't think that's beneficial for you, Greg, you eating that Purdy's chocolate, which, by the way, was given to us. Yeah, a few episodes we talked about our favorite chocolates. I said Purdy's coconut cluster, and then someone came up to me with a bag of like 30 coconut clusters. And he, he brought in the bag today, and yeah. which did not have 30 in it. No, it had a, like a solid 12. I think it had less than that, Greg. Guys, it was like a minimum of nine. Uh, Greg, at, at least seven. Oh, I had one, Greg, and there's two, three left. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So I had one too, and they're delicious. We want to thank the person who gave that to yes, us. Yes, thank though. you. And we want to remind all of you <laughs> that any kind of food, delectable food, we are happy to give, and you will get a shout out if you um, want your name or your business to be added to our thing. We are absolutely interested in that. It's been a while I'm going to I'm going to jump back from the chocolate back into the zombie thing though. Okay. Do zombies before that, like this before that tangent goes on and on? Uh cuz I do think that there's something important here. One is uh like I I've I think this might be interesting in that I've never been like a guy who likes watching say war movies or anything like that. I'm actually very conservative on what kind of movies I will watch and and, and won't watch. Uh Zombie uh The Walking Dead is a show that I I do watch unashamedly. Uh, there have been moments that in the show that I've thought, you know what, if this keeps going down this path, say, you know, there was one episode where it looked like rape was going to be a part of the show and I was going to say, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I'm I'm done. But it ended up not going down that path. However, 
I've heard lots about season six, seven. I haven't watched season seven. I'm one of those Netflix watchers <clears throat> that waits until it's free. Uh, it sounds to me like I actually might be done with The Walking Dead. But one of the things that I want to say that I think people need to hear more of is that, and I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this, but I would argue that Christians by and large are too sheltered and that some people need to actually watch some of these shows in that. One of the things I've loved about this show is it's reminded me once again of the depravity of man. I mean, I can't help but think about the the kind of stuff that's in The Walking Dead pales in comparison to anything you read in the Old Testament. Okay, so let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you a little bit. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh, only for the sake of the discussion. Uh, is it wrong to be sheltered? I would I, see now. That's a great question that I've been thinking about, and I would argue that yes, it is wrong to be sheltered. In that, I can't help but wonder if we've got a culture that has lost sight of the depravity of man. It isn't con- a culture that's not convinced really? that people are wicked. And I can't help but wonder, though, yeah. to push back, if that's not if that's not why we make so many World War II movies as a way to remind ourselves that what happened in the past was wicked and we don't want it to happen again. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you that I think that we, I mean, we just talked the last little while about uh, living in the suburbs and that sort of thing. I, I just, I, th- I think that the impulse and desire for us to shield ourselves from the display of sin or these sorts of things it is not a bad impulse. I think it's something that we should honor in people. So I don't ever want to say, I don't ever want to be the person who says, you know, you need to get out there more. I, I, I think it it's okay if you're not out there more. I do think if you are going to go out there, I'm, I'm also going to add, man, you really need to put on your discernment like headset when you when you engage with the culture these days that you need to be well versed in scripture and the biblical worldview for, at risk because if you don't you're going to end up becoming a syncretist and just merging Christian doctrine with you know the cultural values at this this place but I tend to agree with you that I think there is a sense in which um, suburban people <laughs> at times need to need to be broken out of some of their suburban. Um, mindsets, and I think you, I think you're doing a good job nuancing what I'm saying here because I am saying it to be you know a little bit more to make it controversial. But I, I just think about movies like a World War One movie or World War Two or or a Vietnam movie. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not a, a war movie guy, but don't you think one of the points of history is to remind us so that we don't go back? Yeah, and I think one of the temptations, unfortunately, is that when we watch a World War II movie, we, we, they're always directed by one particular side of the equation, and we end up saying, well, those Germans were just dumb or evil. We're not like them. And I think, uh, I think that even the, that, that movie tends to reinforce that as opposed mm-hmm. to challenge it. Mm-hmm. There are some films. <laughs> In fact, I, well, maybe I don't know them. There, there aren't a lot of movies that are made these days that actually try to argue for the the wickedness, say, of the Allies in World War II. Even yeah, saying that out loud might bring a shock or frustration to someone who's listening. Mm. Like, why would we ever do that? They're Nazis, which, of course, they're wicked and they should be decried. I just, the it's, Allies it, were never, they're not, they're, not, they're not white as the driven snow either. I, I just right. right, so you've got Tarantino making that film about these this team of people that are going up to hunt Nazis. Yeah. Right? And 
and you've got people cheering. Oh yeah, that's awesome. They're just going to kill a bunch of Nazis. And it's like, See, you know, okay. I would never argue for something like that. Like, I don't think you should go. I'm not going to say, hey, you should go see those kind of movies. Right. Because uh, I, I guess one of my fears in doing a talk like this or speaking on the subject is people are going to put movies. Mm-hmm. It, they're going to imagine that I'm arguing for mm-hmm. movies that I'm not arguing for. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Because now to balance this, though, and I know I've interrupted you here, but I think it have, you have to read your history at the same time, too. I mean, you can't just go watching movies and imagine that's going to be good history. Sorry. You're, you were saying, Paul. No, that's fine. It the the whole but the whole thing about this, you know, having this kind of, you know, self righteousness um, to it. Like, oh, I'm gonna go watch and see all these. It's okay for all these Nazis to get killed because they're so bad and they're so wicked and they're so evil, and and that's not excusing what they did. It's not excusing at all the the philosophy behind Hitler and the the Nazis. By the way, is that a bad in, they did. Is that a bad impulse? What? To want to see justice no. brought. See, no, I think it is a good impulse. Yes. The problem is we, we the, exempt ourselves. Pro- yes, exactly. And that's just it. We, we think the allies are, are not exempted from the, wicked, right. from the judgment. Right. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, by the way, what you're saying. Uh, in reading history, you see that countries like the UK started adopting different policies, such as um, uh, with regards to different communist policies during World War II mm. that, you know, nobody's talking about that. And it ended up not, you know, some of them, you know, people started fighting back on these things, but it's not like everybody's hands were clean in all this. I mean, even eugenics got well, no, to start I mean, in the West with the United States. Right. Germany was inspired by America. Right. I mean, you had, you had Jews wanting to leave Germany because of what was happening and countries, allied countries refusing to accept them because as they're, refugees. Because they're Jews. Yeah. <laughs> that, I so, mean, that's right. the reason that they gave, right. which is like, um... But here's, I don't know. <laughs> here's my point, though, if I can bring it back to the Bible. How many people, though, avoid books like Joshua? Judges. Yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right, mm-hmm. because they're, they're offended by some of what's written in there. And that's, I think that's my point here, is that I, where I'm agreeing with you. I think that there, you can become, to bring it back to the suburban thing, you can become yeah. so addicted to utopia mm-hmm. and that's the idea that I don't want my children to ever hear about bad things that happen. Well, man, you're just not reading the Bible then. Mm-hmm. Or you think it's a bunch of stories about Narnia. Mm-hmm. And and it didn't actually happen that that when when the Canaanites were killed with all their oxen and children, they you don't think that that actually was the Canaanites and that children were involved. That like these are things in the scriptures that one needs to take seriously and understand. And the causes might maybe cause some theological challenges for us or whatever. But I agree with you that if that's what you mean by you need to get out more, that you can cloister yourself in this little family allotrice bubble. Right, which is like, oh, I I know I know what's best for my, my family to know, and it's to never see a dead body, and to never be in, right. like troubled. And my helicopter parent, my kids, so that if they fall in the playground, I'm right there. That kind of approach to things actually will end up hurting them in the long run, and and perhaps there are a lot of people out there who are like that. And in that case, I would say uh, you need to get out more. I don't know if the best way to do it is watch it Walking Dead, but no. <laughs> but right. Yep, I can appreciate that, and I, discretion is needed. Yeah, but yeah. so people need to hear from me too, like because I think people think, oh man, Andy must just watch anything. Dude, no, this I actually exactly have a really high think. standard of what I will or won't watch. But I, I do agree with what you're saying, Jeff. I think some people though they get wooed into this utopian idea. And then they have all sorts of questions about God's goodness and whether or not people especially really are the, that bad. Especially in the face of uh, terror or 
um, yeah, the kinds of things that have been happening in the last while. That these sorts of things lead, set us up for difficult moments in our minds and create, you know, we end up rejecting God because we were never actually well acquainted with the whole biblical story. Yeah. I mean, if I could just make one last comment on this. Yeah. There is a difference, too, between entertainment and thought-provoking content where a movie or TV show is wanting to raise a cultural issue for people to think about. And you have to remember, though, that that, that author or that director, they have their own worldview. They have their own, their own perspective right. that they're trying to convince you of. Yep. And so I think you need to go into these things, whether or not you're reading something or watching something, mm-hmm. as an active participant yep. as you're engaging with the content. Absolutely. That's for sure. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your input today. Thank you for uh, taking the time to come and do this. Uh, to our listener, listeners out there, um, please continue to send in your questions. Uh, the email is extra at northview.org. And, uh, yeah, so go this week, uh, be blessed, and continue to pray for our loved ones in this town, and uh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.